Coming to you from somewhere along the Ohio-West Virginia border, welcome hitchhikers to Nostalgia Highway. The movies you know from the guys you don't, or the no-frills, no-bullshit, bi-weekly movie review podcast, where we are opening March with the Gently Tease special theme month for the first time in 2020, the John Carpenter's Apocalypse Trilogy. So without further delay, let's start this road trip to Outpost 31, yeah? Let's do it. Cold. You could. It's fucking freezing. It's cold, boss. (laughs) I am your host, your chauffeur, the mayor, Matt Logsdon, and joining me for episode 34 out here on the highway are my co hosts who know they're human and aren't afraid to show everyone what they already know. Debatable. Well, I mean, I know I'm human, (laughs) and I am the Lord (laughs) Ketchum. Again, it's debatable, but (laughs) I am Dave King of the Road, and I'm ready to travel south to Antarctica. Jesus. Get my snow cat on. Yeah. Emphasis think. on south. <laughs> <laughs> south of the border. I thought it was cold when it was 12 degrees here last week. <laughs> it was. It's going to be 100 below tonight, boys. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> this is episode 34, and tonight we are reviewing The Thing from 1982. It is based on the novella Who Goes There by John W. Campbell, and a screenplay was adapted by Bill Lancaster. Directed by John Carpenter, starring Kurt Russell as McCready, Wilford Brimley as Blair, Keith David as Childs, and Richard Mosser as Clark. Distributed by Universal Pictures, this movie was rated R and released on June 25th, 1982, with an estimated $15 million budget. That's a weird release time in the middle of summer for a movie pl- taking place in Antarctica, isn't it? Yeah, but you want to get that... The summer movie. Yeah, you get the summer blockbuster, man. True. Okay. Yeah, and plus when it's hot outside, you want to watch a movie about something cold going on. Get that contrast. Maybe. Yeah. I hear you. Go Fair to enough. the theater, it's nice Good and point. cold and everything. Unless the air conditioning's out, and then you're like, yeah, yeah it's screwing up the movie for me. <laughs> God damn, it's hot. They're just teasing me. <laughs> <laughs> so it made just over $3 million on its opening weekend and grossed $19.6 worldwide. That's not really a... That's a bust, man. It did not do well. No. Yeah, that's a shame. That sucks. But here's the thing. That's kind of the the M.O. with John Carpenter movies. They don't perform well. They do just well enough where they turn a profit. Right. But in time, yeah. they develop a cult status, and then that cult status develops into, you know what, this was actually pretty fucking ahead of its time in an incredible movie. Right. Yeah. And it was extremely well done. But that's kind of how it is with it, with all his movies, with the exception of Halloween. Right, right. That's you know, but this, The Fog, Big Trouble in Little China. I mean, you know, they... Escape from New York. Yeah, Escape from New York. They struggled out of the gate. But man, these are fantastic movies. Christine. Christine, another yeah. one. Right. IMDb has this as an 8.1 out of 10 and is number 164 on their top 250 of all time. Hmm. Seems kind of low. I don't know. We're talking all time. <laughs> but we're talking still. all genres, too. Yeah, that's true. In all yeah. countries. Yeah. This movie had a meta score of 57. Rotten Tomatoes scored at 84%, with an audience score of 92%. And if you want to stream it, Stars app has it, or you can buy and rent it from three ninety nine on Amazon Prime, but you guys should have this movie. Yeah, you need a to go buy A physical copy yes. of this. Yeah, come on. That meta score, 57? Really? I Fuck don't... you. Can we explain the Metascore? I don't really understand what that it, means. It is a it's a composite, kind of like an average of some who I guess uh, of a who's who who's okay. a well-known movie critic, 
and they have their own rating system of some sort, and it's okay. Well, I've always kind of wondered that. We always do that, and I never really yeah. And I figured there's the viewers best out there. I understand it. That's what yeah. it is, roughly. So. The Chikers probably didn't know that either, so I was calling that one out for them. I'm sure some of them know, but yeah. And big shout out to Cody Jones and Sean Jackson for hooking us up with the intro and outro music for this episode. It's amazing. It works for this too. <laughs> Absolutely. First time I heard this, I thought, and it's crazy because like you even brought it up about Halloween three. I thought this was Halloween three and Prince of Darkness combined. <laughs> you know. With a little spacey... Nice collaboration. Yeah. No, I love it. It's awesome. Yeah, thanks, guys. Perfect. Appreciate Mm -hmm. it. Great work, guys. Just a reminder for uh, Hitchhikers Old and New, we are on full spoilers here on the highway, and we may not cover everything, but there will be major and minor spoilers discussed during this episode. So, voodoo bullshit, cheating bitches, and spoilers ahead. You buy any of this shit, Kane? What shit? This shit. (laughs) This voodoo bullshit. This voodoo bullshit. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, a little bit. I like to. I like to think it. <laughs> I like it the way it works. Toby Hooper was originally slated to direct and co-write the film before Carpenter was attached. Uh, Hooper's vision would have featured an alien that did not shapeshift or assimilate, and following an Ahab-like character named the Captain, how creative, who sets out to kill the thing. We. The- The film would have served both as a sequel and a remake to the 51 film with little influence from John W. Campbell's uh, novella. Hooper also wanted the film to be a dark horror comedy with slapstick humor. Obviously, Hooper was eventually fired. Yeah. Thank God. Yeah, the the wrong vision. Absolutely. Missed the mark. I think we got that with Texas Chainsaw 2. Yeah, yeah. He was going through a phase. A little bit. (laughs) He's kind of set in his ways. I don't understand how... I, the horror comedy for this movie, I, I don't think it would work. No, no. no I don't think it'd be I effective. I would be interested, I don't think. Yeah. You have to captivate that isolation, you know? I agree. In the way that Carpenter did, not slapsticky. I don't know. I can't even imagine it like that. I'm trying. Like, yeah, exactly. That's where I'm at it. with it, too. I mean, and obviously, I like my slapstick, oh, you know, yeah, just nonsensical can. humor in my movies at times, but this is not the time nor the no. place. There's a few times during the thing where I, I actually catch myself laughing. No, there is humor in it. Yeah. As there is with any Carpenter movie, right. for the most part. But it's organic, and it serves the story, and it's not forced Right. And, again, this is why John Carpenter is my favorite visual storyteller. I, I, I'm i a sucker for Carpenter flicks, man. Mm-hmm. What can I, I say? Well, John Carpenter would probably appreciate you saying that, and um, he'd probably agree with you, man. Because uh, he has stated that in all of his films, uh, this is his personal favorite. And mm. uh, this has become part of the culture in Antarctica. It is a long-standing tradition now in all British Antarctic research stations to watch the thing as part of uh, their midwinter celebration held every June <laughs> 21st. That is fucking cool. <clears throat> that awesome. is awesome. They yeah. like yeah, dude. to if you're going to be employed, you have like this is a part of your fucking contract. Absolutely. You have to watch <laughs> the fucking thing on June 21st. <laughs> Darn. I'll make some time, I guess. I mean, okay. <laughs> See if I can fit in my schedule. <laughs> I'm sure there's one asshole down there that's like, oh, do I got to come to the thing showing again? I don't again? like horror movies. Oh, God. <laughs> can they I, scare me. Can I bring a movie instead? <laughs> <laughs> no, Ethel. Stay back. 
I'd, re- I'd really want to bring Titanic. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> Dave Kane would be like, hell yeah. I'll go watch that. So did you guys know in 82, before this was released, Fangoria Magazine had a contest where people were asked to draw the thing to see if anyone could guess what it was going to look like. Oh, man. That's if, if kind of bullshit. Uh, well, no, that's that's kind of fun, man. If you were alive... But knowing uh, what we know an, now... An artist and, you know... Yeah, but this wouldn't have been the alien I would have pictured. It, it wouldn't have been? close. Okay, no. right on. Would you have went to more traditional alien look? Yeah. With a little flare and shit thrown in? I can't even, I can't even imagine. I'm sure I would have researched the thing from another world and thought, well, they're, they're remaking that, so... All right. They're going to take something from that look and just, you know, enhance it. But that's definitely not what they did. Right. Absolutely. Uh, but the winner was supposed to win a trip to Universal Studios. Really? I suppose that happened, so. It would been sweet. How, how, n- there's no fucking way it happened. No one got this right. No, but it had to be the closest one. They had to pick yeah, the closest you one. you had to pick somebody. You're like, ah, yeah. you're pretty close. And you know you're going to be like, well, your self-esteem is going to be so high now at that point. You're like, man, I guess what's going to be like, yeah. But you, you're fucking right, man. Can you honestly imagine mm-hmm. being the fucking person that pulled this shit off? Oh, um, man, it been sweet. Holy fuck nuts, man. That would have been amazing. Go hang out at Universal for a day. Hell yeah, dude. But what's to say, I mean, what's what's the thing actually look like? I mean, we see it in different, you know, transformations more than we actually that's see it. That's the beauty of its it. Own but that's entity. what I'm also saying, like, there's no way anybody fucking got this. Right. I think it was all just a publicity. Sure, right. Probably. Of course it is. Well, I mean, it yeah. is, but I, I, I don't know. I kind of feel like maybe this was, uh, they had no intentions of, like, this was an empty gesture, you know? Mm. Hmm. I don't know. Let us know. I mean, if there is like any kind of evidence there, uh, was there a winner the, on the inter- internet? If one of you out there know. is the one that won this, contest, yeah, holler please. at us. Yeah, tell us how you. I would trip love up. to showcase that, that artwork sweet. on our site. No <laughs> doubt, man. I'd love to see that. No doubt. So Ennio Morricone was the one who composed the score for this movie, and it was nominated for a Razzie. For those of you who don't know what a Razzie is, it's like the anti-Oscar, more or less. That's ridiculous. What an asshole thought that up. Yeah, I know. But like the film, it had the score has since gone on to become iconic and revered. Every score he ever did. (laughs) Right? (laughs) And the funny thing about this is there was unused music that he composed during this time for this movie that was used later in the Quentin Tarantino movie, The Hateful Eight, from 2015. Here we are on Tarantino again. Ironically, Morricone's score for The Hateful Eight won the fucking Oscar. Right. And these were the B-sides. There you go. Hmm. Different time. Razzies, you're wrong. Yeah. Fuck the Razzies. Exactly. Says Aaron Sheik. (laughs) But uh, this was actually the first movie that Carpenter did not score himself. Yeah. And I wondered about that. the original choice to compose this was our old buddy Jerry Goldsmith. Hey, and you know, I, I truly think he would have done a great job. I oh, love Carpenter? Goldsmith. No, Goldsmith. Goldsmith. Yeah, he's awesome. Yeah, he's he, great. He is awesome. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> he could have done that shit. I agree. You can't go wrong with any of these three names, in my no, opinion. No, no. So the thing opened up the exact same day that Ridley Scott's Blade Runner opened up. 
Oh wow! So that's mm. a hell of a weekend. That could explain. That's been an awesome numbers. fucking weekend in 1982. I mean, incredible. Like, what do I go see? Show what do I go? Yeah, but what you can't go, go to see? both. You know. Right, but what do you go see first? I've went huh. to two different movies in the same day before. I've done that. Based yeah. on a trailer, not knowing what we're getting into. And right. But I mean, if you like, but Runner. if you like John Carpenter. Well, yeah. But if you like the aliens, you know, right. so. If you like Kurt Russell. Like I said, I mean, you, you, it might be a double feature kind of day. Oh my God, that'd be so amazing. Can you go on to go doing your own little double feature seeing the thing in the Blade right. Runner, in Blade Runner? Like, dude, Wow. Well, not not too many people had to have done it because um, these both these movies had unfavorable reactions at the premieres. I don't really care for Blade Runner, but I feel like it would have been the more popular release if you had to put them head to head. I like it. Why would it. you say that? Because it's of Harrison Ford. I'm basing it on the trailer and knowledge of the movie going in, you know, and the poster, or right. you know, I mean, yeah, the things a lot that you going on. you based a movie on in eighty, you know. I don't know. It's just. That's just a guess. I mean, you know. There you go. I can see it being about split, honestly, because I like Blade Runner. It's mm. I do enjoy it. I don't like it as much as I like this, but it is a good movie. I agree. You get, you know, young Harrison Ford, young Rucker Hauer, yeah. Sean Young. Daryl Hannah. Daryl Hannah. Yeah, I mean, it's a great cast. I mean, just like this one, this is a great cast. Well, speaking of the poster art, uh, you know, I mean, John Carpenter... Didn't like what they came up with for that. At I all. did read that, and uh, you know he didn't want the guy in a suit. He's like just painting a fucking butcher knife in his hand. Why don't you? You know. He didn't He's, like the guy in the suit. No, he the glowing, you know, man. He wasn't a fan like, of that, huh? He didn't no. like the poster art we got, which is I love this. This is one of yeah, those ones that stand, I mean, it's, it's in my top echelon as far as recognizable and sure, sure. you know it's just I don't know I like it I like the colors of it the way it's presented you know it's cold and mm-hmm. you know it's just I don't know he so sinister about that he thought that it made it look too much like a slasher and uh, I don't think it really made it look like a slasher as much as like maybe like a deep sea diving movie or something I wasn't sure you know <laughs> I mean <laughs> deep it sources. just didn't to me I agree with Carpenter. It doesn't fit the movie perfectly. I don't know. No, but... I don't know what does, other than just a collage of the, because the actors. What, because of what we know with what the thing is, or can be, I don't I don't have a problem with it. Like I said, I love this poster art. I think it's okay. awesome. Yeah. It's one of my favorites from my childhood. I don't hate it. <laughs> it's just, I don't know. I get what Carpenter's... Where he's coming from. It seems... It could... I could say the argument would be it's basic. Yeah. You know. Yeah. As Lars Ulrich would say, it's stock. Stock. Yeah. Well, Joe Carpenter's hateful sometimes, just for no reason. I, I've seen him interviewed. He can be just, you know, like, nonchalant as fuck. Like, I don't care. Right. So did you guys know John Carpenter was uh, married to Adrian Barbeau? I have heard that. I did. Did you know they, they uh, used her voice in this movie? Only because I read it on the internet. Oh, okay. Otherwise, yeah. I wouldn't have known that. Right, I wouldn't have either. <laughs> but anyway, nonetheless, <laughs> she was the voice on the uh, for McCready's computer, which is pretty sweet. Oh, when he's playing chess in yeah. the beginning, cheating bitch. That's awesome, dude. There's a made up. Uh, well, she. There's a made up story between John Carpenter and Kurt Russell that um, 
McCready being a former helicopter pilot in the Vietnam War, and he's probably an alcoholic, which I could totally see that happening. Yeah, that I mean, actually that totally works. Sense. That works. <clears throat> there we go, stereotyping. Right. Well, I mean, it's just what he portrayed. Yeah. yeah. Carpenter also states that he feels McCready never wanted to be a leader. He just wants to survive and is thrust upon in a leader situation the group finds himself in. So, I totally agree fits. with that. Yeah. He just he doesn't go looking for trouble. Yeah, seems to find him. But well, he, it's like he told Fuchs. He's like, he I just want to go back to my room right. and get drunk. Exactly. Yeah. Like he he just leave me the fuck alone. I punched out already. Yeah, fuck off, dude. You would yep. be kind of tired all the time down there and shit, because you're not really doing anything. You're just walking Suck. around the quarters and shit, and you're not getting a lot of exercise or anything. And you would be tired all the time, and plus you're drinking. I couldn't do shit. that. I couldn't do what those guys were doing, man. I don't know. I don't. I want to see the setup first. <laughs> Make sure there's plenty of food and all. I that don't shit think I like this setup. <laughs> right on. I think there's too many people. To be honest, I mean, me not being a people person, I agree with that. Right. So. But, <laughs> yeah, I, ugh, yeah, I don't know if I could. I, no, I don't think I could. The book had a much bigger line of characters. Oh, did really? It? Yeah. The who goes there? Yeah. Okay. And I mean, I feel like the original movie represented that a little bit more than this one. But yeah. Nobody noteworthy. Just more people to. Fodder. Yep, killing fodder. fodder. Yeah. The final confrontation with the Blair thing, uh, it actually required the assistance of 50 technicians to pull that uh, pull that stunt off. And uh, hmm. as the film moved into post-production, Rob Bottin, who was only 22 years old at the time, so just, this, this guy's basically kid. a kid. Yeah. yeah. And he's going in there, and he pulled off this. This final product. I can't believe it took fifty. That's that seems a little over the top, but mm, I, mean, I don't know. But I mean, for the time, you know, yeah. I'm thinking about it today. Days, right. You know, it seems yeah, almost illogical. Something. Right. But yeah, I mean, hey man, kudos to him, dude. He knocked mm, it out of the park. Yeah. But uh, he was pretty much just living at the studio, and he was eventually forced to stop doing that when he was diagnosed with exhaustion, <laughs> and he was admitted to the hospital. <laughs> And uh, did it a little, just a little bit, and uh, much of the creature work uh, for the scene that was inside the dog cage was done by none other than the great Stan Winston and his staff, as uh, Botine was suffering from exhaustion. So you got perfect filling. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean that's incredible. I mean you get young Rob Botine and you get Stan Winston collaborating with Carpenter on. I mean, wow, wow. Mm. Yeah. yeah, the dog scene is one of my favorite scenes. In the it's, movie. Even though I'm a dog lover, and you know and I, that that scene actually really pegged my heart a little bit. I was like, "Oh Jesus Christ, no!" You know, mm-hmm. I felt I felt Clark, you know, how he felt, you know, with his dogs and shit, and it sucked, but it had to happen. You got to take him out. Yeah, when you see that dog face, it splits open, and the rest of the dogs start. Going ape shit. Oh yeah, dude. And then you see these spastic tentacles and insect-looking legs with the cicada sound effect going. You're just wondering what the fuck is right. going on, dude. Yeah, pretty pretty impressive. This dogs are getting bound up really freaking quick, and yeah, uh, I don't know, man. 
it's rough. It's, it's well done. It's yeah, well, yeah, done. it's very well done. Yeah. Did you know that uh, Wilford Brimley wasn't a fan of the level of gore in this film? He felt it didn't connect with moviegoers at the time. And eh. he's sensitive. He's I, an old guy. I, I read that he uh, he was about he was pretty much the only cast member that wasn't grossed out by it. And I guess because you know he's he's like a real life cowboy, so like him like you know going hunting and you right. know gutting and dressing a deer yeah. or whatever. I mean, it was nothing to him. So he was just like, all right, cool, <laughs> no big deal. I'm usually all on uh, Wilford Brimley's side when he's in a movie, but yeah. this one, man, just I mean. I'd have fucking killed Blair in an instant when I seen him tearing up the shop there, you know. I mean, diabetes or not, fuck that guy. I mean, he's being a dick, and I don't care for it. Diabetes. Oh, man. That's... I have I, some I, theories about that. I, I, I do, too. Let, we'll, we'll, we'll come back to that. We'll come back to that, I think. Okay. I do have... Diabetes will make you act a little bit, you know... Psychotic and frantic, you know, if you if you're running a little too low. Really? really? Oh yeah, yeah. You'll act a little bit high strung and pissed off. I mean, yeah, I promise you. You act differently. I've yeah, seen that is people true. Uh, just you know out of nowhere they start movie. acting. Yeah. yeah, like like they call you a son of a bitch for no reason, and <laughs> you're like, are you, you serious? Yeah, and they're like, fuck yes, I'm serious. <laughs> God damn it! Go eat Snickers. Like, yeah, dude, you're not your you're not yourself. Don't eat my fist. <laughs> yeah, it's like that. Damn. Uh, that's what happened. They just filmed it and let it go. This isn't you. It's just your diabetes. <laughs> this is just your diabetes speaking. <laughs> so I have a couple uh, behind-the-scenes did-you-know stuff here that I uh, kept from you guys. And it pretty much revolves around almost cast members uh, for certain roles. And for the role McCready, Nick Nolte turned down. So did Jeff Bridges. They turned it down. Turned it down. I. Hmm. I can mm. see Jeff Bridges yeah. pulling this off. Okay. I think that works. Yeah. Not Nick Nolte though. Dude, Jeff Bridges. Nick Nolte, maybe. Yeah. yeah, I could see Nolte doing this. Jeff Bridges for me was always a, a a copycat Kurt Russell. I mean, in a good way though. Like some people, you know, are like a second-rate Kurt Russell, but I don't feel like Bridges is. No, I see what dude. you're saying. He's iconic, man. Yeah. I think they're both great. They remind me of each other. Their style of certain movies they've done remind me a lot of each other. I get what you're saying. Yeah. Harrison Ford, Clint Eastwood, they were also considered. Hmm. And a young and unknown Fred Ward campaigned hard for this role. Like, I guess he pretty much just put himself out there to try to get this. And he hmm. didn't get it, but... Fred Ward is hmm. a... Yeah, not McCready... But somebody else. No, that McCready. That work, yeah. I hear you if you want McCready, but... Right. I hear you. Yeah. Bernie Casey, Isaac Hayes, Ernie Hudson, and Apollo Creed himself, Carl Weathers, were all considered for the role of Childs. Oh, snap. And Ernie Hudson almost landed the role, but Keith David ended up getting it. Uh, I'm glad they did. Because this is like yeah. his first... One of his first big roles and shit. It is. And I'll be honest with you. I think any of those names could have done this yeah. well, but I, I like how Keith David yeah. took. I'm a fan Childs. of Keith David. I am too, yeah. and this is a big reason why this movie yeah. here. This movie, Dead Presidents. I love. They Dead live. They, they live. live. Yes. That's where I was going. Yeah, Lee Van Cleef, Jerry Orbach, Kevin Conway, who just passed away. 
and Richard Mulligan, who was also considered for the role of Palmer, and Powers Booth were all considered for the role of Gary before Donald Moffat was chosen. And from the sounds of it, Booth lost out because of his age because they wanted someone a little older older to right. square off against McCready to put yeah. that, that dynamic into uh, perspective. So, man, I would have loved Power. Yeah, sweet, dude. I agree. Holy I am one hundred on that. Uh, Richard Mulligan, uh, honestly, facial features him and Donald Moffat are kind of similar, but I just don't see him pulling this off. I don't like Conway or back doesn't work for me. Levy and Cleef, okay. But I hear you. Nah. I like Donald Moffat. Right. I like yeah. I like Levy and Cleef, but I do I too. Kit, who was voiced by <laughs> William Daniels and Bran Dennehy were considered for the role of Doc Copper. And Dennehy was almost cast, but John Carpenter made the call and he chose Richard Dysart at the last second. Hmm. Man, that would have been an all-star cast. They had the potential, you know, to yeah. really just yeah go for big-name people. I'm glad they didn't, though, you know. And yeah, here, I think it could have took stole some of Kurt Russell's thunder. I mean, McCready was you think so? the main guy, mm-hmm. and I think if you had these guys in there, it created more sympathy for them. And I don't know. It could. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Well, here is my holy grail nugget. I love Wilford Brimley as Blair. Okay, yeah. I think he's great in this role. He does an amazing job. Do either of you know who the original choice was for Blair? Yeah, hmm. it's not Clint Eastwood. Nope. Hmm. Was it also a stocky bald man? Perhaps. I feel like I read man. this. Dom DeLuise, I don't know. <laughs> Dom DeLuise. No. Not, not him. Oh, shit. It's like a Norm from Cheers, but... Right, George Wynn. George Wynn, yeah. yeah. Donald okay. Pleasance. Oh, wow. And I'm going to tell you, I didn't know this until I was doing my that research for the notes. Okay. It does. And if you see Blair's performance, like I could totally see yeah. Loomis. If you've ever Especially seen Waking Fright, yeah. if you've ever seen that movie, I could totally see Lo- right. Loomis. I can't even fucking call him by his real name. I could <laughs> totally see Donald Pleasance doing this role. Wow, yeah, that could during, elevate Especially during me. the Blair I agree. Breakdown. Yes. Hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because for one, Wilford Brimley ain't Wilford Brimley without his mustache anyway. I had a hard time uh, it's the voice. I mean, plugging well, it in. Yeah, it's he just hear his like voice. Too, it's a little adjustment. Yeah. It is. Yeah, yeah. He looks different without it. He does. I agree with that. Man, yeah, Donald Pleasant's in this role. That would have been pretty clutch. <laughs> Hell yeah. Now, this is this is the alien movie for me, man. I mean, if, if there is one. Because I don't really love the Alien series. But this one... It's it's grounded on Earth, you know. It's not a it's not a Star Trek, you know. It's not in outer space the whole time. I, sometimes movies like that just I can't connect with it because it's not reality to me. And you know, I, I understand, dude. Here we're isolated, but we're in a civilization that we know of. You know, it hits harder when it's at home. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it could be you know just minutes from coming up north, you know. So, right. Yeah. What what's you guys's thoughts on like a best alien movie well if we're gonna go that route i would say predator you know over this no no i mean like what's the best alien movie you mean 
minus this. Right. Well, I mean, if it like if we're saying the fact that it's happening on Earth mm-hmm. and stuff, or just well, it doesn't have to. I mean, just you know, is this the best alien type? It's movie one of them. It's top three for me. I mean, the thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. so the thing. I'd say Predator, and then I would say um, Alien, because <laughs> Alien's like. fucking scary. It's awesome. I love Alien. Really? I, I think this is the best one, in my personal mm-hmm. opinion. And I think Alien is a... It's a it's a close two. Yeah. But it's clearly a two. For me, this just edges out E.T. and Mac and me. <laughs> so, that's where I'm at. I with, hope so. That's where I'm at with my ranking of Alien movies. Because I don't really care for the Alien franchise. And I don't really love Predator. It's... You don't like the original? Yeah, it's okay. I mean, oh, I didn't love dude, it. It's awesome. I'm proud it is of you awesome, guys. Dude. I mean, most people do. I like it. But yeah. You son of a bitch. <laughs> Testosterone overload in the jungle. That's right, man. The, the, you know, the thing is definitely my favorite, but again, you know, E.T., Mac and me, and maybe Alf come, <laughs> come in right below it. So. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> That's hilarious. So did you guys ever play uh, chess on the old school-ass computers? Because I know for a fact that program that he was running, not necessarily the chess wizard, you know, mm-hmm. like uh, it says on the in the movie, but like that exact same picture, I have played that like on my on my original and Windows three point No, like way before that, dude. Like on my fucking Prodigy brand oh, okay. computer, dude. Oh, wow. You know, we had chess as a game. You yeah, know, and it was like that, dude. It was on floppy disk. I remember a Windows <laughs> chess, but and I remember Battle Chess. Battle Chess was one that I didn't really know how to play chess back then, but. Uh, the game Battle Chess, you know, has the graphics that were coming right. along, you know, the 8-bit or 16-bit graphics of the little monster creatures that will, you know, yeah. have a body slam, you know. I want to say opponent. I did play a little bit of that, but not too much. I definitely yeah. didn't play a whole lot of it. Um, but I think I remember you have your wizard that would, like, cast a spell and yeah. blow the other person up. I didn't, actually. You didn't? Do you know how to play chess? I do know how to play chess. Are you I enjoy good? It. Yeah. No, you're not. I mean, I know how to play. <laughs> Okay, so talking about the since you brought it up, Air Lord, about the uh, the computer and everything with McCready playing the game, would you really waste liquor on electronic equipment like that? Uh, I mean, she is a cheating bitch. Probably not, though. I mean, according I mean, to because, hell no. Because I mean, at that point, I mean, what the fuck else are you going to do? You can't run down to the ABC right. liquor <laughs> and get. Yeah, what are you going to do about the computer as well? You know, you just trashed it. Right. <laughs> he don't give a fuck about that computer. It, clearly. Jump on someone else's and be like, "Hey, man!" <laughs> and I'm not going to tell him he's wrong because I don't think McCready can do wrong, in my opinion. I mean, <laughs> but it's interesting about this scene and uh, with him pouring the J and B into the computer. It's kind of a foreshadow of the metaphorical game of chess that's played throughout the rest of the movie and how he yeah. destroys the game, burns down the entire facility to prevent his opponent from winning. And I also think it's really interesting if you notice, and I think you have, that he hands child to drink at the end. Yes. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. It was a bottle. Mm-hmm. I, I have a theory about that, too. <clears throat> I, I got a lot too. of theories, man. Yeah. Uh, um, portraying off of that. You right. Know, just him handing that bottle off. There's, uh, a lot. there's a lot in that last scene. Yeah. It, it's, there's not a lot happening, but there's a lot happening in that scene. This is, once again, one of those thinking man's mm-hmm. horror movies. Yes. And I think this is why 
And it's great that there was it. no definitive answers because we get to have these talks right? Yep. and see other people's ideas. Yep. There's a lot of theories, man. Like, a ridiculous amount of theories on how how this all played out. Right. And it's interesting. It really is interesting. So, what's your guys' first impressions of the gunman in the helicopter? Um, like, mm-hmm. would you have done the same thing if you were um, Outpost 31? Would you have initiated fire on the guy and yeah i mean he shot he shot bennings yeah that's when he fucked up shooting at the dog it's just like oh okay your dog's acting up obviously i don't think he's i mean he's not a great shot but i mean he know he shot one of your people i i don't know maybe not well he's yelling and he he, and in in the movie they actually use correct dialect and um yeah i've read that it's you know he's telling him you know it's the dog get away from get away from it yeah 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 I don't know. Wing them. Don't, like, right in the eye. I right. mean, apparently, you know, yeah. Gary was, I don't know. Like uh, Palmer said, he was itching to get that pop gun <clears throat> off. I don't know. Not well, everybody's Clint Eastwood or Lee Van right. here either, though. He did blow up the air- helicopter, so obviously he's a loose cannon. <laughs> so, yeah. I would agree. I would have I would have definitely put him down as well. Yeah. <laughs> Can't have that shit flying around there. I, it's ridiculous. I, I, Injure him to where he's incapacitated, yeah. but I, yeah, we're not, because I want answers. You're not gonna get Dead any men answers can't from. Tell no tales, yeah, you know. Yeah, but you can't. You don't understand what he's saying. We'll, we'll work sucks. something out. Yeah, we have a lot of J and B. God, everybody's played wild gunman, you know, in their childhood. I mean, they're not gonna be a he shouldn't have cracked shot. He shouldn't have missed. Yeah, <laughs> maybe he was trying to wing him. I don't know. <laughs> Do you guys think there's a better movie to watch when you're snowed in? I mean, besides the obvious Shining or Misery, I mean... Yeah, yeah, it's true. What other snowed in movies do you guys enjoy? Snow Days. Really? Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's a guilty pleasure, okay. <laughs> no, well, no, not really. Um, actually, you know what I, a movie I, I enjoy watching? Uh, Trapped in Paradise. I don't know if you guys have ever seen this movie. Is that Dana Carvey? It is. It's got Dana Carvey and John Lovitz and Nicholas Cage. Cage, They're like thieves or something. Yeah, they're brothers. Okay. It's it's just funny. It's hilarious. And it's during like a snowstorm and all that shit. And Christmas and at Christmas time. But it is funny to watch on cold days Mm -hmm. and shit. And it's got um, Donald Moffat in it as well. Oh really? Yeah. That's cool. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, what we just reviewed, The Edge. Yeah, I, I like that yeah. one and uh, Ravenous from 1999 with Guy Pierce, Jeffrey Jones. Mm. Right on. The I, don't think I, I wouldn't have that. thought of that. <gasps> oh yeah. Oh, oh no, I know. I, I haven't you've seen gotta something. See, you got to see Ravenous. <laughs> okay. That's a cool movie, man. It's got a. I was busy in 1999. It's got a very <laughs> unique soundtrack, but going on the comedic route, Groundhog Day. Yeah, yeah sure. sure, absolutely. I like that. Another classic. Yeah, yeah there's some good ones. What do you got? Uh, the Shining? No, Wizard. not The Shining. <laughs> <laughs> I had a, a movie when I was a kid. I think my parents made me watch it. It was a rental back at the old they video barn. They made you watch it. Well, I was a kid, you know. They made me watch! Uh, you know, it's... The Electric Grandma. It's a family movie, you know. I picked that one up on my own. I don't think my parents would watch that one with me. But uh, it's called Wilderness... The Wilderness Family? The Wilderness Family. Yeah, they made three... It's about this family that... Um, moves into the country 
because peaches. because uh, the one kid has asthma. Yes, this is stuff. Uh, Ooh. Is, that, is this what the oh, movie? Wow. <laughs> yeah, I've never right heard on. of this. Yeah, I I rented this movie at um, the Video Barn. Yeah, um, back Ooh. in the day, man. It's a good one, yeah, man. dude. I remember that. They I have remember the, that flick. They have the snow scene and they're playing yeah. that little quirky Brady Bunch style song, the snowflakes, snowflakes. I don't remember that. Twinkles. Wow. Yeah, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I remember that movie though a little bit. Oh wow, it's kind cool. of a fun little snow movie for me. Yeah, they have to get out of the city because their their kid has asthma and yeah. they need to clean fresh air. And they are solid. No parents, propaganda man. there, right? It was the fucking. <laughs> yeah. It was like late seventies, I think, when it came out or something. Yeah, shit. like seventy eight, seventy nine. Yeah, I've never heard of that. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. You kind of get the uh, Amityville horror family. Kind of, yeah. But sweet and genuine, and honest, good parents, you know, rather than. Trying to kill your family. Yeah. It's that tone, though. You yeah. know, it's the seventies and shit. Yeah, so. yeah, it's that same. Interesting. Generation. Interesting. Check it out, that. the Wilderness Family. All right. And there's three of them, so if you get bored, that's cool, we'll man. You and me, I don't know. We, we've <laughs> seen a lot of shit from back in the day. You know, not oh, horror. You yeah. know, like family oriented and shit. And really? Yeah, that's neat. That's <laughs> funny though. Okay, so who did it better with the flowing mane, proper beard look? James Brolin in Amityville Horror from '79 that we reviewed back on episode 26, or Kurt Russell in this. Oh, Dave. Uh, I remember specifically you saying, like, you wanted to bang James Brolin. <laughs> <laughs> like, you loved him so much. <laughs> well, <I> mean, Intricately. <laughs> uh, there's no way James Brolin matches oh, Kurt Russell's shit. badassness here. Cover your I ears, mean, James Brolin. Roll over. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Kurt Russell. Yeah, Trump's that. <laughs> no, okay. George is pissed. Not even. I don't even. George think it's is pissed. Close. And I mean, I, I do obviously. George is coming apart right now. <laughs> <laughs> I do rank James Brolin's badass beard in that pretty high, but yeah, Russell's just got the well, character. I, I I like Max as well. Um, I mean, it took him a year to grow that beard. Before I read that. Yeah, it, you know, I'm so. with you guys. Yeah, Kurt That's Russell devotion. here. It's pretty. Uh, Wow, he's like, yeah, he he pulls it off, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You give him a year, he will give you perfection when it comes to the beard. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. or mustache. He's, so he's... trim that shit off and leave just the mustache, dude. Especially <laughs> yeah, now, man. Yeah, dude, definitely like in he... Hateful Eight and yeah. shit, dude. That was really it was thick, dude. It's like a fucking, um, <laughs> it's like a bro- I mean, like a damn, it's like a push broom mop, dude. Yeah, <laughs> he's he's infringing in on Sam Elliott territory. Right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, even in that, I didn't see it, but uh, the Netflix movie where he's Santa Claus. Yeah, I mean, dude, that was he actually looks really good. good. You haven't seen it? No. That was a good oh, movie, dude. man. He looks good. He's Santa, man. Shit, Goldie Hawn's in it, dude. Oh, She's wow. Mrs. Claus. Oh, spoiler. Oh, yeah. Spoiler alert. <laughs> his wife is his wife. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she still looks pretty good. She's had a lot of plastic surgery, though. Oh, so, yeah. You know. She's older than him, too. By how much? Like a couple few years, not many. Substantially. Yeah. Right on. McCready, though, man, it's just a fucking cowboy. I love his character. There's no mystery why Russell is Carpenter's go-to badass leading man. No I mean, doubt. From Escape to New York, up and, you know, turns through Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah. You got badass Kurt Russell. And in this movie, he's full of, like, the perfect one-liners. And piss and vinegar. Just fucking greatness. Damn right. Yeah. 
you know. McCready's a badass, yeah, man. Trust is a th- tough thing to come by these days, oh, you sure. know. Yeah. It's just, uh, it's eerie, you know, especially, yeah, during the situation and shit. For, I don't know, I kind of feel like McCready, he has some charisma, but it's, he's bleak, it's bleak. It's, it's weird, it's a weird combination, and I think it's just, I think it's because of the setting and where they are, and it, 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 he's just an every man's man. Yeah, in this movie, you know, he, he's, he's there just to do a, a job. Guy. You're right. Yeah, he's just he's just a regular punch in, guy. punch out. Right. Let me go. You get drunk fly? in my room. That's all he does is fly around, dude. Fly around, get drunk, and play chess and bitch about shit. <laughs> hey, <laughs> just want to go to my shack and get drunk. Hell yeah! <laughs> all right, so what do you call the hat that McCready's wearing? What what is that? Fucking awesome. Because it is badass. <laughs> I mean, it looks like a damn sombrero. It's a bit of a Ranger Rick look. I mean, I don't. I just call it a McCready hat. Right. I, I don't know what you call that. I've never seen it anywhere else. It's it's fucking sweet. And I wish I had one. I'm I think sure it's anybody, expensive. I think anybody else wears it. They look goofy, ninety nine out of hundred times. But Kurt Russell could fucking <laughs> yeah wear a moccasin on his head and make it look cool. <laughs> he just looks funny, you know. He's He's wearing it. He's like, "Hey, Swedes!" I don't know. It just, it, it, it's just funny. You would never suspect Kurt Russell to wearing that. And in this movie, <laughs> he just shows up with one. I don't know. Right. Where the hell did you find that? Right. In what culture <laughs> is that a normal? What is hat? that hat called? Right. And why is Hitchhikers. it like that? Hitchhikers. Let us know. Back if you us. know exactly what this hat is called, let us know. Yeah, no doubt. Other than just fucking awesome. All right. <laughs> okay. Why bring the mangled, smoking corpse back to the camp when McCready you have to copper. because science. You have to science. exactly. You have to, man. That's a find of the century. Yeah. Okay. They didn't fucked up a ship. Well, they hadn't yet, but right. Yeah, they hadn't. They hadn't found the ship. You yet. Can't they, you can't use it for? I would think you'd want to quarantine race. it. Huh? Like quarantine it. Like okay, here it is. It's here. We know where it's at. I don't want it anywhere near me. I I don't know. I mean, obviously, serves a story, but from a logistics standpoint, why would you do this? You got to study sure. it, man. You know, just they're that, a research team, aren't they? They're scientists. Scientific yeah, drive to. Okay, all right. Acquiring minds got to know. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. And if it, you know, if something from there, you know, got over to their place that was alive. Hence, you know, it did happen, but, you know, they didn't think so. Right. They well, want to know what they're dealing with, you know? Right. Which, by the way, that thing was, like, crazy wicked to look at. Oh, dude. With the split faces. Like, it was like, oh, Fantastic. what the hell is going on here? What are you showing me, John? Dude, the practical makeup effects, man, are phenom. So who do you guys believe was the first one infected by the thing, by the dog? I know it. It references there's who there. There's there's insinuation on who it is, but I think the way that the movie is designed and everything, it's a just a it's it, it it's a blatant throw off. You know, it's it's definitely not that it's person. A red herring, right? Hmm. And it, it they obviously think make it think it's like um, Norris, I believe. 
upon rewatches, I mean, yeah, you you you, you would think you could. Li- there's a ton of theories on this, but yeah, Norris is definitely, yeah. But Fuchs in this movie states that, or in Blair's notes that the, that it can be transmuted cellular, cellularly, right. So just small amount of it is alive, right. You know, because that thing that they brought back over had cellular activity and it was still right. living. So just a small amount could cause you to contract the thing, virus, I guess, and make it start making copies and shit, taking over. And that being said, I believe the very first person infected was Blair. I really do. Yeah. Because when he's doing the autopsy on him and he's starting to cut open the the getting body all in there and shit and everything. All in them goods. I really do believe he's starting to that he contracts it. Fair. That kind of makes sense. Fair on Blair. Yeah, because there's yeah. blood and shit, you know, up oh, yeah. on his uh, arm. The guy's past the gloves and stuff. Yeah. No, it totally makes sense. I mean, because the red herring aspect was a huge part of this. Like, you know, this movie was presented almost like as a mystery in a way. Well, I mean, Doc and McCready definitely didn't have it because they did the blood test. And they they, they were the ones who brought back the body to um, Outpost 31. Right. So they didn't contract it there. I truly believe Blair's was the, he was the next person to touch the body in the autopsy. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I think he's the first person to contract it right there. Okay. I don't think I it's think the it's dog. Fair. I don't. I do not believe it was the dog. He he contracted something somebody else like Norse. I do believe that, and maybe even Palmer. It, it's it's got to be Blair, Palmer, or Norris, in my personal opinion. It's got to be one of those three, maybe Childs. I hear you. I hear you. Maybe. But... I don't think Childs, though. I don't think so either. But, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, there is a shit ton of theories on this. And they're all plausible. Yeah. They're all plausible. And I think that's a part of the genius of this movie right. and the way it's told. So, I think Blair is. So, who do you guys think is the first person infected? L- really? you know, as listening to you discuss you it, I, I kind of agree with Blair, but I can see it in anybody... Elsa, like Matt mentioned, yeah. I mean, obviously they set it up to be Clark, but we find out that's not true. Right. I I don't know. Blair is like the obvious answer. There's you think small... he's the obvious answer? No way, dude. For Blair, yeah. For me, for right the on. reasons you mentioned. You. Okay, uh, yeah. All right. That's what I was. But thinking. I don't know. There's a part of me that wants to say it was Norris. I hear you. The more. Yeah. Blatant answer. Yeah, I I don't know. It's just ask me tomorrow. The answer. My is, answer might be different. Right. You know. Yeah, yeah. You have the right to change it. I mean, this movie just gives you so many avenues to go down. Yeah. Which is great. But we all end up at the same place, mm-hmm. and it's it's beautiful. Right. Yeah. Do you guys thing. think this is maybe the best practical makeup? An FX we've seen in 1980, by 1982? Because I feel like it oh, is. it's ranking, for sure. I mean, it's tops. It's tight. I This is one of the best practical effects representations that the 80s has to offer. Absolutely. I mean... Tom Savini, eat your heart out. Yeah. 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 <laughs> the, this... I mean, no discredit to Tom Savini, because what he does, he is extremely good at it, and I love it. No, I've grown soft on him in recent years. Just just seeing, I mean, comparing his early stuff 
which probably isn't fair, but right, it's pretty see-through. He's a pioneer, man. Yeah, I know. But like, by '82, this is yeah, this top this stuff notch. is like nobody had seen this stuff no, before, right. and I think I, I kind of, to a certain degree, kind of have to agree with Wilford Brimley because this was so fucking out there. You know, I don't think the audiences they didn't they weren't, weren't able expecting to connect. it. Yeah, they yeah. weren't expecting it, and they weren't able to connect with it. You That's know, fair, I guess. Where Carpenter was so subtle with the fog and Halloween, right. this is in your fucking face. Mm-hmm. But I really do enjoy the mystery of who the thing is, and I'm referencing the scene when the dog walks in the hallway and you see it go into a room and you see the shadow. Which is... Okay, at that point, that's Norse, in my opinion. That's Norse. Okay. I know some people say it's Palmer. That's kind of where I'm at. It's it's either Norse or Palmer yeah. at that point. It's Norse. I, I I can. It's the hair that really sells it. Well, it's weird because Carpenter intentionally made this a mysterious character, and it was nobody from. It was not any of the cast members at all because he didn't want to give a tell really? at any certain point. Man, are you serious? Yes. It's Norse. <laughs> Norse or Palmer. What do you think, Dave? Yeah, it's, it's Norse or Palmer. Right on. It's not Childs. No, it's, no, it's definitely not Childs. A, I don't think there's a third option, really. Childs is bald. Okay, and then it fades to black. Okay. So the editor, Todd Ramsey, he was mocked, I guess, pretty un, pretty relentlessly for this, uh, for editing that. Why? And the, all, multiple fade to blacks in this movie, even though Carpenter backed them 100%. Because they felt like it was it was like cheating the audience or something. Yeah, it was like it was lame. That's just mystery. I love it. Yeah, it's just it's just going to add to the tension. I you agree know, with you one hundred percent. Not knowing who the hell's who. Right. You know, like they thought it was like lazy. And I, I no, know. I think it's great. I it's love subtle. it. I think it's yeah, it's fantastic. It really creates that uh, DTA man. Don't trust anybody. Popularized by hero of mine, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Oh, oh hell yeah. DTA. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Who sabotaged the blood in the fridge? Oh, man. You guys with the questions. Seriously, dude. Yeah. This movie, who do you think did this? Well, man, that's what this movie asks you I know. all the time. You know, who the hell's... Who who's is doing who? what? Who's... It's just almost too much of that, though. No, really? Perfect I mean... It... No, it, Are you going to tell John Carpenter? It's that, just that's right. a little too much. <laughs> hey, John, <laughs> now you put me in the corner. Down hey, hey maybe bit. draw it back. <laughs> draw draw it back just a little bit. Throw the audience. You're going to want that cowbell in throw there. Throw the audience a fucking bone here, you know? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Let them figure out something. At least give them an answer. <laughs> I don't know, man. Who sabotaged the blood, though? It could have been anybody. Seriously, dude. Yeah. Because of the way that the thing... That's why I didn't really think... ...is able to mold itself, you know, and be... I'm sure it could get through, like, the ventilation system of the refrigerated unit... ...or something like that and disrupt it. Or get through the door somehow and disrupt the bags of blood. That's one of the... But... Theories that I kind of side with. It manipulated its right. way into, yeah. but and Gary wasn't a a thing. No, Doc wasn't a thing. No, who else had access to that key? Like McCready said, just those two people. 
That's it. But you know, that's so so you got to. Gary kinda said, lean. "I mean, somebody could have got it. I mean, you know, it's anything's possible at this point." Right. So for me, who sabotaged the blood? I think it was Norris. Norris, I hear. Yeah. See if if me personally, maybe it's Blair at this point. Because he's still kind of because you don't because the, the thing only shows itself when it really wants to. I don't. I don't think Blair. I mean, obviously he does end up becoming infected, but I don't think he's infected yet. Right on. Okay. I think he's already infected at this point. Right. Even when he's trashing the place and shit and having his breakdown. I still don't think because he you because Norris was infected for a long time. Yeah. You know, and he never portrayed any signs of. Well, know. there wasn't a whole bunch of anything. Right, I mean, but he, he was acting completely normal. It could be anybody, though. I say Blair. All I right. say Norse. What do you got, Dave? Well, I say I'm uh, with the uh, casual fan over here that just sitting back listening to YouTube banter on about uh, <laughs> theories that you've studied and people's other opinions of this. Oh, no, I have shit. my own theories, and, dude. And that's great. <laughs> Whenever <laughs> like, I watched this movie the first time, I was just like, what the fuck? Who, who is the uh, They don't really around? give you any clues on this, so I don't really see the point in speculating. It does not Well, I think you can have multiple things. Who did it. You can have multiple things at once. Yeah, well, oh, yeah, absolutely. Know, so. Yeah. I mean, everybody... The paranoia in this movie is out of... Oh, at this right? point, it's high. Dude, wow. Wow. <laughs> In a situation like this, though, if you were in it, I mean, your life versus theirs, could you stand in the face of a friend or colleague and, and that, you know, just you got a split second to decide, you know, in that moment of uncertainty, are you are you able to pull the trigger? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, with, with Bob in the edge, if I'm, you know, Charles Morris, that was kind of easy. Sure. Right. You know, th- that's tough. This is tough. Yeah. Because you... You base a lot of how you act on what you see. Right. And if what you see is exactly... I believe McCready know, can do it in a moment's notice. I mean, he's well, a he fucking honey badger. Well, he did. He did it with fucking well, Clark. Yeah. He's a honey badger. That man's a honey badger, yeah. He don't fuck around. With a flowing mane. <laughs> hey, man, that, that was justified. He was, he was that was self defense, man. Yeah, you know, Clark I, was calling an audible there. But you know that he won't hesitate. You oh, won't hesitate for half a second if no, you know no, that no, moment no. that situation arises. Yeah, McCready you has or me. zero fucks yeah. to give. Yeah, yes. he set the tone at that point. Absolutely, he did. <laughs> so, did Fuchs torch himself, or did the thing do this when he, he goes out? Himself. You he, think he burned himself because he, he knew what was happening? I believe so. Yeah, I do. He was smart. He's figuring shit out, dude. He was just like a few steps. He was he was the guy second most ahead. You know, Blair was completely. He was like ten steps ahead the entire time. Yeah. You know, Fuchs was following, but he was reading Blair's notes and shit and everything. So, I I, I think he torched himself. And, and to be honest, it could have been Blair, who right. was the thing that he saw coming. What do you guys think? <laughs> I think he did. I th- I think Fuchs torched himself, just like you you said. Okay. I mean, but like you said, it could have been Blair. I mean, depending upon what you, what line of thought you fall in line with. I, I mean, think Blair was the thing that he was, mm-hmm. that he either a killed himself or was yeah. killed by. The yeah. Blair thing. 
Okay. That adds up for me, too. So what do you guys make of McCready's torn clothes being found in his uh, furnace back in the shack? I think Knowles found it. I and, think... and and there was dirty clothes thrown in uh, Knowles' kitchen or some shit like that in the beginning. When right, the shit was yeah, first and McCready, down he and had it when he was doing his recording. You know, yeah. This is obviously McCready's clothes, though. Is it a setup? That's what I, mean, I was... Yeah, I'm smelling a rat. I think it has to be. I mean, he passed the blood Because test. I've I've <laughs> thought about this a lot. And I've, I've toyed with the thought, like, was McCready the fucking thing? Or one of the things, you know? Because... No, that's a fun nah. concept to explore, but, you know... Yeah. No, I don't think so. Uh, dude, I, I believe in the blood either. test. I believe in that blood test. I don't know if I fully believe in the blood test, but I believe that his blood test was correct. I believe that. Right on. Everything else, I believe it is... I I, I think it is in the eye of the beholder. Because mm-hmm. there are that many ins and fucking outs of this movie that... I think mm-hmm. it needs to be up to the interpreter. But yes, I believe his blood test was... Yeah, that was accurate. Right on. So... The torn clothes, man, I don't know, just... Who had, who the hell had time to start setting up McCready and shit? One of the things. Yeah. Because, I mean, maybe they caught on, you know, whether it was Norris or Palmer or... I know, really don't have an answer for it, though, Blair. I, I think it was a pure setup to uh, divert attention away from them. Right. Or that, per- that one. Because maybe they caught on... It's a great scene. It you know it develops into a fantastic scene where you know he gets um, cut off in the storm when by Nulls, hit yeah. by Knowles. You know, once he found the, the torn clothes and shit. He, of course, they're thinking that he's the thing at that point, and then he busts in all freezing cold and shit, and he's got strapping dynamite. dynamite, dude. Yep, that is a very intense scene. And it's yeah. awesome, dude, man, because you get some great lines from Kirk in that in that moment. Yeah. He's like, uh, you know, back off, way off. <laughs> right. I know. I'm, I'm gonna here. listen to the man, dude. I mean, this guy's yep. got a, <laughs> he's got a flair. You have a, my attention. Yeah, dude, no doubt. No, I hear you, man. Absolutely. Uh. <laughs> but I do, like I said, what I've talked about with you know McCready's blood test. I believe his blood test was accurate, but. I don't know. I just kind of feel like there is enough room for error that some way, somehow, this blood test was compromised by the thing somehow. Okay. Which which part, though? Like, and which blood test was compromised? Like, I'm wondering, because we've put out the theory that, that it could have been multiple people at once. Can it be one person... Visually, but it can mimic another's blood because it's familiar, because it's one mm. organic. You know what I mean? I mean, I know that's going deep. Maybe. That, or maybe the longer it's been in the body, you know, you that, know, it had more time to develop, you know, and clean the blood. You know, right, maybe. and that's kind of where I'm going with. Maybe. That that's it's it's on the lines of possibilities. Sure, yeah. But that, but yeah. I don't I don't know. It's it's deep. It's a far fetched theory, but I don't feel like it's any more far fetched than a lot of the theories that have 
you know, we didn't discuss all of them, obviously, but, right. you know. No, I, I believe that the blood test is true. All the way through? Know, all the way through. Everything we're, we're shown very, is accurate. Uh, it's a very ingenious idea, you know. Because I've, I've read theories where Clark's blood test, was, like, it was incorrect. Like, that wasn't right. You know, like, maybe somehow, you know... I can't remember exactly because I was like, I don't buy that. And Here's the thing: I don't, I don't buy it either because if that were the case and he was a thing, you know, Clark was a thing, he'd been the first one. He would have sprouted out and done, you know, and every time but the Palmer thing didn't, huh? Palmer didn't. He was very just nonchalant, just kind of disconnected. Yeah, until the blood test happened. And then he, because him and Gary were, and uh, Childs were strapped to the couch together. And then he had his yeah. little uh, <laughs> hissy, hissy fit, fit. <laughs> <laughs> I'll yeah. say. And uh, then he bit off, bit, bit windows. Wow. And, you know, yeah. turned them off. Yeah, so Palmer, you know, he, he, he blew up. Everybody who is the thing and got killed or injured, they transformed. You know, because they were in a panic mode. Because Kurt Russell's right, you know, um, that's why he did that blood test, you know, the, the blood is going to react, you know, it's going to want to save itself. It's all about survival with this thing, you know. So guys, if you were a member of Outpost 31, and you were part of the research team and everything, at what point would the feeling of, I am fucked, would that set in for you guys? I think when they saw Bennings mutating and they dump the liquid you know the gasoline, gasoline yeah. lit them up I think at that point visually you know visually yeah cause that's the first that time you transformation see transformation on yeah. human or human be like oh fuck yeah we're it's time to go boys <laughs> uh I, I think when they realize that you know the uh, the equipment's been damaged the the helicopter's been mm-hmm. compromised I mean cause at that point I mean yeah you're yeah you are fucked. You are not getting right. out of there at that point. But no, that's a good point there, King. I mean, because that's very just, oh, God, what yeah. the hell is going on? Before you see the dogs, it's I'd like, say man, the dogs. they're dogs. But, dogs? Yeah, but seeing a human, I mean, oh, man, that's when that's when it really sinks in. I, I get think. you. That's, where I, that's, that's a good point, man. I hear you. Yeah, to see that dog shit happen, dude, I'd want to get the fuck dude, out of there. Dude, that was whack. Yeah, I'd want to leave. It was pretty you know, wild. Yeah. We gotta get out of I'm here. I'm not saying you're wrong. We got to go. Carpenter defies the book in the original movie that he's proclaimed as an inspiration and an all-time favorite to make what, in my opinion, is an undeniably better narrative and more fulfilling story and ending. Uh, that's why he's called the master of horror. Do you guys agree that John Carpenter... Is a master of horror, Absolutely if not that. the master of horror? He is the master of horror. I think for that's me. fair. I think there's there's like a council of masters <laughs> of horror. I agree with and that. He is on that. He's on Mount Rushmore, if you yes. will. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. I it's think hard. He's... It's hard to say the because everybody has their own style sure. you know, that they truly love and. Yeah, we just happen to be Carpenter, you know, fans and shit. And even though Halloween isn't my favorite series mm-hmm. out of the big ones, Nightmare is mine. But um, 
No, no. Carpenter is definitely top three, you know. Masters yeah. Masters of War. I was listening to a podcast the other day and this you know a supposedly movie expert has claimed that he is not the master of horror and not his master of horror, you know, is basically how he said it and I'm like yeah, that's fuck out of here. Yeah, with that's that that's when I shut it off. <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah. all I needed to know. Your At that credibility point, is gone with me. Shot the fucking shit. <laughs> yeah, don't, yeah, don't talk like that. No. So you're saying if somebody has a different opinion, they don't well, think he is a master no, of horror? No, we're not asking a different opinion. Like do you to like say Halloween he's not, not even a master of horror. Like, oh, right he's on. not a master of his craft. He's that's what this guy was implying. Right on. Mm, no. no. Yes. He is a master of horror. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. No brainer. So did Blair really assemble a spaceship that fucking quickly in the cavern? Un- underneath, he dug a, you know, a big tunnel and everything. Yeah, and I was wondering that. He got all like, his parts and shit. But if he's been infected, he is the thing. This is that explains an advanced it. that's, there you go. organism. That's why I think yes. he's the person who's contaminated the blood. Because he's able to get out of that shack with ease. And yeah. everything he can definitely get in, into the blood that was locked away and everything. He's got I truly powers. believe. Yeah. I truly, truly believe he was the first one infected. He was did tamper the blood because of this. You know, this sells it right here for me. Okay. I don't know. What do you think? I mean, yeah. I mean, wh- I mean, at this point, he is the thing. Well, yeah, he is a th- yeah. When when. McCready goes and talks to him at the shack when he's like, well, I don't want to be in here anymore. At that point, I don't know that he is. Where he's going apeshit crazy. He's got the noose? Yeah. Okay. Oh, you caught that. I did too. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Um, but when he's going apeshit crazy with the axe, I still think he was human. Nah. Listen to what he's saying. I get it, but... It, ma- it makes sense that... That that's 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 the Blair human side coming out though. I still truly th- I think he's oh, still. Oh, so you think there's still there definitely is because I mean Norris when he was infected, he, he didn't know he was infected, and he's still acting normal. I think there's a there's a portion of you that you know, but Blair was interacting as the thing in human form, especially when he took out Gary and everything. Yeah, am I making was, sense? Am I making sense? There? No, I see what you're saying. I so you're saying when you're infected in the beginning, you don't know that you're infected. Where I kind of feel like it's immediate. Once right that on. transformation is complete, you are not you. You are just a shell. Right, but you're able, but you're able to still act like yeah, your you old can, ways. You can shit. maybe or do your best to assimilate. Right on. Well, I mean, if he was, if he hadn't been contracted yet, then that's an incredibly short amount of time to dig that all that shit out and build the spaceship. You guys are down like, in there. Well, I mean, it's true. I mean, because there's only so much time that it happened. Well, well and we also movie. we're not factoring metabolism. I mean, because it affects everybody oh, differently. You guys I, are fucking so crazy. Metabolism. I'm bullshit. I'm not even Ted Theodore Logan that. right here. You guys are fucking. He's only eating fucking Frank's beans. That's, <laughs> that's not enough calorie intake to be able to fucking manage that shit, dude. So, so like, that rationale, Blair's 
would have been a much longer process <laughs> mm-hmm. before he finally assimilated to the thing. Hitchhikers, right. I apologize for this fucking shenanigan. No, I mean, <laughs> my <laughs> friends just don't know. We just don't know how they sound way. sometimes. Carried away. <laughs> Hashtag carried the fuck away. I'm telling you, though. <laughs> All right. Where the fuck did Nulls go, and what happened to him? I don't know. He might have just slipped on some ice and got knocked out, dude. Concussed? Maybe. I don't know. It's a true mystery. Maybe he's the thing. <laughs> I, I thought of that, too. And he jumped oh, on the yeah, spaceship that's true. and got out of there, actually. Or just went into a deep freeze. Maybe. He got he contracted the last of the virus. Possibly. I don't think it was the last of the virus, so to, things that make you go, hmm. Right, exactly. Speculations and theories on the thing round fourteen. <laughs> Fight. Finish it. Well, man, there's For a lot sake. of un, un, unanswered. I know, I know. I mean, you guys really. It's a breakdown, you, man. You guys were like, I'm gonna fucking outdo the next guy <laughs> on fucking fan theories, knowledge, and. Absolutely, yeah, uh, you know, that's one of my favorite movies. Dude. That's what we do on the. All right, well, I mean, there you go. All right, so in the end, big question time. You thought all those other questions were big and annoying. <laughs> oh, I did. Wait, this is the one that matters most. Right, I this think. is the big one. Yeah. Okay, so in the end, was Childs or Mac the thing? Childs. You certain about that? Yes. I get you. Okay. What do you got? Look, go ahead. Go ahead. Go. Okay, okay, all right, all right. If you look at McCready, when he's breathing, okay. you fucking see it. Like, he looks like he's, like, chain-smoking, right? You see his breath. Yeah. Childs, you don't see shit. I think that's just an angle. I think that's just oh, an angle. Oh, okay. Because it's lighting, too. Because the background of Childs is it's almost completely you black. Would, you would still see... I mean, they they were basically right across from each other. There's not that right. much of a disparagement between the. You can't see some. You can't see some of the smoke though. Man, not to the degree. No, but I not. think that is lighting because there's a bunch of light behind. Kirk, okay, behind McCready. And then, gonna, gonna, and then there's the big handing over the bottle of liquor, quote unquote liquor, if it was indeed liquor. Maybe it McCurdy was a Molotov. gave it to Childs. Maybe it was a Molotov cocktail. Wow, I never thought of it that way. Because if you pay attention, after he hands it to Childs and he takes a drink, McCready just starts kind of chuckling. Right. He's like, I think he knows at that moment that motherfucker just drank fuel. You're not, you're not human. Hold on, hold on. Here we go. I got a theory. Of course. Not. <laughs> Here we go. That's why. I'm yes. Just, yes. Yep. Sitting back, Dave, take, take, couple take a drink. Yeah, take <laughs> a drink of your JMV <laughs> and get ready to listen to this one. Uh, what if McCready contracted the virus just momentarily before he was able to blow up the thing? Okay, somehow. Okay, I think he might have contracted. This could be something. I'm with it's, you on this. He's got so he's got the bottle and everything. Childs isn't infected. He's, he legitimately got lost in a storm. And he hands him... And McCready's already drank from the bottle. Okay? Mm-hmm. He hands it to Childs. And Childs takes a swig of it. 
You don't ever see McCready drink it in that scene. I'm sure he did, though. Mm, okay. You yeah. could have, though. He, he could have drank it beforehand. We before don't see that. Because he, he had it. And it was already opened. And then Childs drinks it and contracts Childs. That way. I'm, I'm with you on this theory until and then, you then, then, he, then he's smiling because he contracted him. <laughs> <laughs> so now you're talking Poltergeist Part 2 type there shit. There you go, yeah, dude. Worm Monster. <sighs> okay, that's interesting, but since we don't see McCready drink it, no. I, 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 I can't fall in line with that. I get you. That. Me personally, I don't believe in that theory. It's okay. Just, it's just, you know. No, that's it's, interesting. It's possible. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's not possible. something I believe in, though. Because, I mean, there's a lot of things that happen that we don't see that clearly do happen. So. I think that's. None of them are the thing, actually. I don't. I, I think that they're both in the clear. So you think both and I think Childs they, and McCready are yeah, human? Yeah, I think they're good. I think they're good. So what but happens I thought you them? just said you thought McCready. No, no, that, I told you. I said I don't believe in that theory. Okay. But with the bottle, I could see if if the wine bottle was, you know, if there, if I were to have a theory about the wine bottle, it would mm-hmm. be that. Because it only makes sense to me that way. But it makes. But I. But I see your point, Matt. Completely on it. But no, I believe personally. In the end, they were not the things. And they were able to destroy it. I don't like that. So, man, but I don't think they. But I don't think they lived. Well, no, there's no way. Well, it, it deep deep shit. shit. <laughs> in the video game, we're going deeper, the fans. thing. In okay. the video game, John Carpenter said it's canon, and at the end of that video game, spoilers mm-hmm. alert, um, McCready is saved by um, rescue teams and shit. Childs dies. I did read that. Huh. Interesting. So. I don't like and that. And Carpenter said that's canon. Yeah, I know, but. On a super duper deep cut. That is yeah. super duper. And Matt didn't have it, and I like it. Carpenter <laughs> might have answered that question while he was drunk one night. He might have. Like when he Over was filming. Six pack of he when have. he was, you know, working on the no, script for Halloween, too. <laughs> I hear you. No, I think that they, were, they weren't the things or anything. What about you, King? I, I want to, for some reason, believe that McCready is the thing at the end of this, and it's just it's it's just left to left to make you wonder. I, I don't like an ending where you're not left to wonder, where you're like, okay, I'm satisfied in thinking that everything all's well and ends well. Yeah. And uh, you want some questions in that regard? If you've read the novella. Or you watch the original thing from another world. That's the thumbs up for everyone. Happy ending, you know. Sure. Good guys win. Yep. And I just think that uh, that's for that generation that this was written and originally filmed. That was what you know filmgoers wanted to see. And if you'd have threw them something like this, they'd have probably rioted. But right for 1982, this was the correct ending for this and it's ambiguous I like it very you think nihilistic Mac, you think Mac was a thing huh you I, like I, the I idea just like that, the idea of right. that yeah because he seems like you know he's the one you don't want to fucking get it <laughs> he's know? the one you're rooting for yeah that and he's also the bad motherfucker you know he's got right. that shirt yeah. on that says the wrong one <laughs> and you don't want that guy to be the thing cause right. he ain't stopping him so what do you think Matt as far as 
Who do you th- do you think if? Oh, um, I already said it's okay. Childs. Childs. Okay. It's Childs right. because you don't see his breath, and okay. he totally just drank fuel. In my opinion, fuel. Okay, right, right on. All right. I appreciate your thinking. Okay, yeah. I never heard of that theory before. <laughs> I never have. I mean, that's. I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it again. He's calling fact. That. He's not I'm saying it's a theory. No, 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 no. Th- this no, is one of many. He can't call that a fact. No, this okay. is one of many theories. There's nothing that in this movie you can call I, a fact. Sure. You other can't. than Kurt Russell is McCready. That's why so much. Right. Of <laughs> like what in the fuck? I mean, yeah, a lot of series you can't you can't put too more time into thinking about this than I did. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, there's I love this movie, there's yeah. too All many right. like logical you know ways that. Go right. about this movie and perspectives to take that they're plausible. Absolutely. And again, like I said, it's a part of the genius of this movie, in my opinion. Another thing with the good guys winning concept, you got a lot of Carpenter movies that have that ambiguous ending, you know. Is yeah. that something that he realized worked with Halloween, you know, and kind of tried to click that into the. Ending, well. Yeah, I I would say, you know, that's a fair statement, but maybe not everybody caught on to that being a he always, trend. He always leaves the question, though, you know. He does. Yeah. You know, even, even in Big Trouble in Little China, you know, Jack Burton's driving off and there's a monster in the back of the truck, right. you know, so. Beastman. Right. <laughs> you never go home safe from his movies. Yeah, I don't exactly. know. I felt like there was a fairly decent bow tied on the fog. Yeah, mm. but with this, yeah, it is open. Why, honestly, I think besides Halloween, I think you this is the most wide open. I think you could get I maybe maybe I Prince know. of Darkness, maybe that too. Jesus, but hmm. th- I feel like this movie of all of Carpenter's movies is the ending that is the most ambiguous, yeah, open right. to interpretation. I hear you. But like, yeah. It, yeah, it, it gives you the most questions. Leaving the viewer wondering is, is which money, I, th- I mean. Which I think this is why John Carpenter really appreciates it more, you know? Well, I mean, that's why almost 40 years later, us and countless other movie review podcasters have discussed this right. movie and a lot of the same things we've brought up and oh, yeah, things sure. that we haven't even brought up. Because, I mean, you can get lost. Right. You could literally get lost. Oh, you guys got Dave me lost, lost a couple times <laughs> yeah, on this ride. He was eating some cheetos. I'm like, holy shit. Hey, go pick him up. <laughs> These motherfuckers know this shit. <laughs> Theories and speculation. Crazy bullshit. <laughs> yeah, the book. You guys, nobody, you guys don't have a lot on the book, though. No, I, mean, I don't. I have the, nothing on that. The original story. I, don't read. I mentioned earlier they had like 30 fucking scientists and doctors there's way too many cooks in the kitchen in the original story and uh during the blood test we get about half of them turn out to be under control of aliens there's all kinds of things you know really they should have called this the things you know or the things from another world but the novel wasn't even many things fucking i don't know i like the who goes there i mean so good uh but I like who's go who goes there. I don't know. That's kind of childish. It seems like. Yeah. Well, I mean, didn't didn't the Mac, novella Max shows up? He's like, "Who goes there?" Yeah, that sounds like the working title for Mac and Me. <laughs> but I'm but if I'm not mistaken, I mean, I'm pretty sure like the novella came out in like '38 yeah. or something. I mean, so I, I don't know. 
these guys in the novel just enjoyed the fuck out of getting to kill their buddies too though i mean they were getting like psychotic acting in the story hmm. the narrative of that they wow. were like you know and especially mccrady you know he's all gangster ass really to, you know well i mean mccrady likes to be in the action he's the leader you know he's right. the leader of the pack he's fucking de facto leader I think the uh, psychotic change that they experienced in the novel, where they're almost numbed to killing their friends, would have served the finale of this one better, really. I mean, at least it makes more sense with this adaptation and the ones where the good guys win, that uh, the ending is left to be decided, but right. everybody's fucking mental. <laughs> you know, they've lost their shit. They're certifiable at this point. I like the low key where it's just like they're just so tired and worn out, deflated. Well, they've been up for like two and a half days. Right. You know, and yeah. and just they're exasperated and what you see with Childs and McCready at the end, I mean, they're just I mean, it's like watching two prize fighters that have just gone at it for 10 rounds and they're just they just exist at this point. Right. You know, I like that better than going crazy and being totally psychotic. I like okay. that we have one character that goes psychotic or appears to at least right. go psychotic with Blair. But to have everybody doing that, I, I, I think then you're treading on Toby Hooper's rendition huh. of uh, being a dark Could be. comedy and Could be, almost yeah. being a parody at that point. Again, Maybe that's why he had the idea to go that way. Perhaps, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. valid. Yeah. Does anybody have anything else we want to talk about before we go into the wrap-up and ratings? No, I think we're covered. Covered as much as we're willing yeah. to I'm snowed in. delve into. <laughs> you guys definitely snowed me in over here. Noise. <laughs> Good. You guys cried me. I don't think that... I took this movie as serious as you guys did, and, and so for that, I have a different outlook than you guys have. I mean, okay. granted, you guys definitely definitely know your shit about this movie more than I did. I mean, I thought I knew about this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I was wrong. But I think by saying that, I watched a little bit more of a, a fun, less uh, mentally engaging version of this than sure. what you guys did you guys are like you know biting your nails you know sharp as a razor trying to Dyson. pick out you know something you know catch something to lead you you know Give to the, the answers answer. to yeah. this mystery so i mean i feel like you guys you know me might There's... not have had as much fun watching this movie as i oh, did oh no i love it oh, okay well you, you guys that. are you, if there if there's a okay. slight little chance at a nugget, yeah, I mean, oh, I'm gonna be all over it, man. I don't know. This one just didn't. It did. I didn't feel like I needed to get as involved. <laughs> and that's okay. That's fine. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like this, I, this movie. You, you can be a casual fan. Yep. You can be a diehard. You can right. be, you know, a con conspiracy theorist. And you can enjoy this movie. Sure, sure. It's, no, that's, it's that's a whodunit extreme for me. You know, and I'm, not, and I'm a yeah. fan of whodunit movies. Yeah. So it's just it's just amplified. Do you think Carpenter really laid isolation. it out that deeply layered to... Maybe, I don't know. I think so. 
I mean, and that's not me just being the carpenter, you know, purist that I am. I, I, I believe the man puts in that type of work into his. Yeah, I, I don't think it could be an accident. I, I guess project. You're right. I, mean, I guess I, I just wanted to ask you because, like, yeah, it's. You just want to hear me say it's it. It's just not an accident. Yeah, <laughs> I, I get it. It's just that I don't know. I, as a casual viewer, this movie connects for me just as strongly as it does. You know, again, it's the, the genius, the deep dive <laughs> fan. So I'm I'm at an eight, even on this. You're giving it an eight. I'm giving it an eight. Eight out of ten. Absolutely. Yeah. No Watch less. It, no more. Buy it. Rent it. Own, own it, it. Own it. Come on. Again, Watch this is my favorite Alien movie over, what I say, Short Circuit and... Mac and Me. Short Circuit's Alf. a robot. That's all all the good Henry Thomas. Yeah, anything movies. with Henry Thomas. Flight of oh, the Navigator. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Flying Volva. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Flying Volva or some shit, what'd you say? That, that rounds out my top five listeners. This movie captivates isolation to AT. And if you are afraid of, you know, being in small quarters or just, you know, being away from any kind of civilization known mm-hmm. to man, um, this movie it will scare the shit out of you. Period. Um, the effects are top notch. Um, man, I'd the like lines... to see Donald Pleasance's Blair though. Mm-hmm. Donald Pleasance's <laughs> like Blair. See, yeah. Hmm. Other than that, yeah, yeah, we're good. I mean, Wolfer Brimley, man, he. In my oh, opinion, yeah. he knocked it out of the sure. park. Dude. He did. You know, he, he absolutely did. You know, everybody did their job. You know, even if it was a small role, everybody executed properly. Kurt Russell obviously has the lines mm-hmm. of the of the movie. You know, when it, you know, as far as I know, I'm human, which is kick ass. You know, because at that point, you would be asking yourself, "Am I one of the things?" You're, you, you know, you have to be so sure sure to yourself. I, I know I'm human. You have the faculties. To, right. Yeah. Because you would be, you know, wondering. And, you know, then I'm a real light sleeper child, so, you know, and I, I, I love that line. It's a really good one. Um, we're not getting out of here live, but neither is that thing, you know. <laughs> yeah. That's good shit, you know. He's willing to die for it. And, of course, back off, way off, you know, is my favorite. That's, that's my favorite oh, yeah. Kurt Russell line of the movie. But I think the best line in the movie comes from Palmer, actually. Oh. When he says, when, um... Yeah. <laughs> the, the spider, Norse's yeah, head. The Norse thing, yeah. Yeah, the Norse thing's head um, turned into the Lay spider. And he goes, you gotta be fucking kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and it's supposedly awesome. Kurt Russell loves that line as well. You yeah. Know, he thinks that's... It's just so genuine, you know? Right. What the hell... We, what the fuck is that thing, you know? Well, and then you add on the fact that the, at that point, Palmer could be the thing or right, one of the things. Right, just trying to sell it. Yeah. You know? yeah. Right. Yeah, no, but that is that that is an awesome quote from the movie. Yeah, dude. It's it's the best line in the whole film. I think um, it's arguable. Really? What do you think? What do you got? Gary has a good one. Which one? I know you gentlemen have been through a lot, but when you find the time, I'd rather not spend the rest of this winter tied to this fucking couch. Yeah, <laughs> dude, he's been tied up for a long time. Dude, he was man. very you patient. Know. Yeah, and I ever love since the delivery. I think I love the delivery of that line. It's perfect. That's what yeah. I say. Arguably, this is a personal thing for me. Right. But 
I yeah. hear you. You yeah. gotta be fucking kidding me. Is classic. Yeah, it's it's funny. It's the it, it is a funny part in the movie. I just yeah. I just get a chuckle out of every time. Yep. And we're actually meeting a lot of these members um, from the thing at Horror Hound. Yeah, coming up. That's going to be. I'm, I'm going to ask Palmer. Palmer's going to be there, so I'm going to mm-hmm. ask him about this scene and everything. And uh, yeah, it's it's. I don't know. It's just going to be a lot of fun. Hell yeah! But this movie, uh, I have a really close attachment to. It's it's one of those films that truly scared me when I was younger, and I I appreciate it for what it is. Um, the the dog scene just really that hurt me. I was like, oh my god, when I first watched this film, I was like, shit, that really hit me hard. Jarring. Yeah, dude, yeah. Um, this movie's got a kick-ass cast. It, Man, Carpenter really knocked it out of the park with this one. Boys, ring that bell for me on my curve scale. It's a mm. 9.5. There it is. This movie is in my top ten <laughs> of all time list. Hell horror. yeah. It should be, yeah. So. Hell yeah. 9.5. It's not a 10. Well, okay. God damn it's it's close, buddy. It's, it's an close. It's an NHP. It's so close. It's an HP ten for the Lord. I think we're going gold star certified on this one. But oh shit! We well, not out. with an eight. Not with an eight. Eight, eight counts. Eight's yeah. in there. Eight and above. Eight and above. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Right on. Eight. I wouldn't have let this one fall below. Oh okay. Well, I know Matt's going to give it a stamp. Right? I know he's going to certify this one. This movie, while being sci-fi primarily has a special place for me as a movie fan as we've already commented numerous times the special effects on this movie is one of its best attributes in addition to a stellar cast and top-notch storytelling from carpenter and bill lancaster we get composer ennio morricone doing his best john carpenter impression and i honestly think you could have fooled me at one point that this it wasn't did carpenter me. It did yeah. fool me. Yeah. Well, when I first saw the, the there was a collaboration at least. When I first saw the the uh, the name, I thought it was just one of those uh, fake names that Carpenter goes under, oh, kind of like Quartermass and shit, yeah, you know, yeah. and Prince of Darkness and stuff. You yeah. know, is that what it, he goes under Quartermass? I think that was the name. Oh, there was that one. I can't. Really, I knew he did. I don't think he did Alan Smithy. But yeah, he yeah. goes under different aliases. Care aliases sometimes. Yeah, but after know. seeing enough Clint Eastwood movies, I know the name Ennio. Really. I get you. I get you. I mean, but man, he really he, he yeah. fooled me. Yeah, you know? yeah. One thing I want to know: Why is Knowles wearing roller skates like he's a waitress at a fifties drive-in burger? Dude, joint? that's the eighties. That's okay, the eighties. Screaming. 80s? Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Just product of the time. Okay. One scene <laughs> I gotta talk about, and to me, it really stands out is uh, when McCready and Doc, they go out to investigate the Norwegian's camp and they find the dead body with their wrist cut and you yes. find the blood is frozen yes. from the wound all the way to the floor. That is creepy as fuck. Man. Yeah, when um, they redid, when they made the, the prequel, oh, yeah. I always wanted to make sure that scene was in it. And I, and I haven't watched it recently and I'm having a hard time remembering. Did any of you guys watch it? I did watch it. I did like it for what it was. It is inferior to this. Did they have that scene in this movie? I, don't think. I read that the scene was there was a character that did do this. 
Okay. But I don't know if it made the final cut or not. Oh. I can't remember. Dude, that's that's how you solidify continuity right there, man. Sure. Well, but they like did that. well, uh, they did do their homework with uh the 2011 rendition with uh you know, going back yeah. to uh how everything looked at the uh station when McCready and Doc went, right. like they tried to keep everything as at the similar and yeah. authentic as they I mean, could. Nor- Norwegians, the, yeah. the Norwegians. I'll be honest, in my opinion, that alone is the saving grace of this movie. I don't care for the 2011 prequel. I don't really ever need to watch it again. I didn't feel the, si- the CGI is shit in that movie, but man, it's so it's, not it's for a me. it's a big drop in the All rating for me. But I I do find the the movie enjoyable. And I I do like it. They don't have that John Carpenter flavor. No, and that's what makes the thing. I mean, but I do like how they tied everything in because, like, when that movie was ending, it was just kind of like, "Oh shit, that's mm-hmm. so okay, all right, cool." That's I, I like that. You said all in. that when you watched it. Well, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Out loud. I was like, you didn't say that. I was like, oh shit, that's so cool. Because the other people in the room would be making fun of you if you said okay. that. Hey, you know what? Make I fun of be. me. Oh my Good. god, that's amazing. <laughs> oh, that's totes <laughs> amazing. Balls. Oh really my up on god. This. Yeah, no one like that. He's having a personal circle jerk to it. <laughs> <laughs> Give uh, me more. Is there another scene? Chris? Oh, oh yeah. Oh more. Is Kurt more. Russell gonna show up here at the end? Oh my god. Oh boy. Let's see that beard. <laughs> no, but another scene, and honestly, this this is personal favorite again of mine is when uh, McCready goes to Blair, and he's in the shack. Yeah, and they're talking, and when Blair says, "It ain't Fuchs," it ain't Fuchs. He said because, flukes. He oh, said, "Dude, he said flukes." I did know he? he did. He said, really? "Well, at first, he said, it ain't flukes. It ain't Fuchs." And at that point, I think he, he's the thing, you know, obviously. And that's him really? starting to slip. I didn't catch... Hmm. Because here's the thing. Because, like, because it can be interpreted as Fuchs isn't the thing, or what you or we believe to be Fuchs isn't Fuchs. Right. You know, and I like that. I thought it was really clever. It was really subtle. And like I said, I think it's one of my favorite personal quotes and scenes from this movie. Um, along with the dog thing beast we see in the kennel, the Norris defib scene, and the final Blair thing battle, they're epic. Palmer's they set pretty the sweet bar- too. Palmer's, yeah. Um, Poor windows. I think that defib scene looks fake as fuck. I don't like it. But it does, but the it can the scene do whatever. Show, yeah, but they show that scene way too much in documentaries and stuff. As representing the thing, and I'm like, eh, that's a bad fucking scene to use to represent this movie. I hear you. So when Connor, when D- Doc gets his arms chopped yes, off, yes, yes, I feel like that is a bad scene to represent this movie in a documentary. Yeah. I I like it. Shit coming out of Norris's chest from the side and shit. Oh, it's yeah, so those awesome, dude. Tentacles, yeah, so, it's so whacked out, yeah. But the, the the all these scenes they set the bar for practical effects in the eighties and hats off to you Rob Bottin with a little help from Sam Stan Winston. No, absolutely. Kurt Russell is the low key non steroided up eighties badass that I think most of us wanted to be growing up. 
from McCready here to Snake Plissken, Jack Burton, Gabriel Cash. These are some of the <laughs> fucking coolest movie characters I've ever come across. Gabriel Cash. Seriously. Awesome. <laughs> with the with I gotta agree with you, King, with the exception of having Donald Pleasance playing Blair instead of Wilford Brimley, who, again, I think he's great here. I love it. But I really love me some Donald Pleasance. And I can totally see him doing this and doing it possibly better. Mm-hmm. But probably. outside of that... You tell Wilf- this, Wilford Brimley that. I won't. <laughs> I'm going to tell him that. Like He thinks Donald Pleasance could have done it better. <laughs> He'd just go diabetes. Do you have type 2 adult onset <laughs> diabetes? Put your diabetes and diabetes to It's called Liberty Mutual. They can help you out. <laughs> Pay for them insulin shots. Oh, shit. <laughs> but seriously, besides that, this entire cast is nearly perfect. Yeah, John cool. Carpenter hit God status here and firmly cemented his name as the paramount of Masters of Horror. This has my vote for the best remake ever. It is my number one favorite movie from the 1980s and my number three favorite horror movie of all time. Mm. Ring that motherfucking bell. This is a 10 out of 10, baby. Oh, my God. Two bells. Ding, 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 ding. Ring-a-ling-a-ding, dang, dang, do. You got some Yeah. I don't love it as much as you guys, obviously. bells coming in here. Oh, man. (laughs) Yeah. That's okay. You don't have to love it. I I love this movie. This movie... You like Halloween 5 better than this movie. So, you do? No, I don't. Wow, that do is I, Did fat. I rate it higher than a fight? Yeah, I try. Well, that's, uh, that's spitefully, though. Yeah, I guess it is spiteful. I think spiteful is what matters. <laughs> <laughs> Kill just, beca- just because of that spiteful, every time you give an 8, you know, I'm like, well, you ah, like Halloween 5. I'll be honest. I, I watch oh, yeah. <laughs> Please do that. I'm going Please to. Please do that. I rewatch can. Halloween 5 more than I rewatch this. I mean... I can't say that. Yeah, I watch this. uh, But I will say I watch Halloween 5 more than I should. (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. (laughs) I will say that. I watch Halloween 5 a proper amount. Man. (laughs) (laughs) I think just (laughs) Resurrection alone elevates that movie ten times more than... Whatever, fuck that. We're not talking about that. (laughs) Yes, please. We're not getting back into this again. Alright, Hitchhikers, this concludes our review of this installment of the John Carpenter Apocalypse Trilogy with The Thing from 1982. We hope you all enjoyed our in-depth analysis of this classic 80s practical effects sci-fi horror extravaganza from the undisputed master of horror. You can find us on Facebook at Nostalgia Highway Podcast and be on the lookout for new announcements and updates. And make sure you also visit the King Art Facebook page where you can find a wide variety of amazing artwork from the king himself. You can also email the show at nostalgiahighwaypodcast at gmail.com, and our Twitter username is at HighwayNHP. So, all kinds of ways to reach us. Any input, any questions you may have, we'd love to hear from you. On behalf of the Lord Ketchum and Dave King of the Road, I'm your host, the Mayor Matt Logston, and we thank you once again for hitching a ride along with us, and we'll pick you up next time, out on the highway. We all hope you enjoyed our in-depth analysis of this classic 80s practical effing effing badass motherfucking (laughs) FX shit.
<laughs> yeah. And Hitchhikers, if you have a fan theory that was not discussed here tonight by the Lord Ketchum <laughs> or the Mayor Matt Logston, and you would like to submit it to us, I'm sure they would really fucking like to hear it. I'm well, sure you're the first crack at reading it. Well, I'm going to say, I'm sure we probably fucking heard of it. That's why I'm saying, if there's a fan <laughs> theory that either of you haven't discussed here tonight, please feel free to submit that, because I'm sure you would love to hear it. I will be skipping that session. <laughs> I will go to fucking bed. <laughs> Good night.